0: uh mm-hmm. up guys welcome back to the Tana Talks podcast it is me we are here it's another week how are we doing how are we doing wellness check is everyone okay I don't know um taking it day by day sometimes hour by hour minute by minute second by second over here um but just want to say always thank you guys for listening I appreciate you I love you I see you I see you I really do, and I love you. I want to get straight into this week's episode because it's really good, and I'm going to tell a little story, and then we're going to get in because it's kind of longer. <laughs> so uh, two episodes ago, I told you guys the story about how I'm trying to transition into like trying to do some comedy stuff. Um, but I had never seen anything live, and so when I moved to Atlanta, I was like searching on Instagram, and I found my friend Alex, talked about her in that episode. But anyway, in, um, it was a, a night that I went, it was my first night ever going and I'm sitting there and it's like a bunch of funny people. And the last guy gets up and he is hilarious. He's telling like pretty clean stuff. He's talking about being a pastor's son, being a Christian. And we're like in a bar vibe. And, um, it was the funniest thing. And it was so encouraging because I was always kind of concerned. Like I was like, my first event was churchy it was a church event. And so I was like, I know I can make church people laugh, but am I funny enough to make people in a bar laugh? And I've always been scared of that. But when I saw this person do it, I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. This is amazing. Wow. I left and I was inspired. So then of course, you know, I'm such a creep on Instagram. I'm like creep and I'm like, oh my God, I find out it's Andrew Stanley. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? So then I coordinated this interview kind of selfishly, I guess. I wanted to learn, like, his story. I think all of our stories matter. I think all of ours are important, but I think it's, like, really important when you're getting started on something, like, to surround yourself with people that have already, you know, been there and done that. He talks about his journey. He's so fun. I literally feel like, I don't know, I might have a new best friend. Um, (laughs) Okay, yeah, but, no, he's hilarious. His great family, you know, just really funny stuff, and so this is kind of just, like, his story about his process of how he got started, you know, how he, how it is having, like, coming from a pastor's family to transitioning into comedy and all this. It's really fun, funny. I was kind of nervous, but, it, it, it honestly ended up being really good, and I hope you guys enjoy this. I'm sorry that it's a day late. Like I said, it's been kind of a crazy week because, you know, ever since I went to this night, then that's when I kind of started, you know, feeling like, okay, I'll go to open mic. So I've been doing that. Side note, guys, Tuesday I bombed so hard for my first time. Literally got up, did probably one minute and a half of kind of me, Like it was like me. And then completely just stopped talking, guys. Everything inside my brain left my brain. Literally left. There was no thoughts in there. I literally, I don't even know. It was public humiliation. It was the scariest thing ever. But I didn't die. And I really do think I learned from that and grew from that. Like, I need to do more writing, more practicing. But, you know, that... Apparently, guys, it's bombing is part of the process. We talk about that a little bit, and I just experienced it for my first time this week. So I'm like all in my feels about it. But anyway, this is a really fun interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. It's a real comedian, someone that's actually funny and like a real comedian, like does this for their job, like this is their job. So we're just out here podcasting and talking to comedians. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm done. Here we go, guys. I love you. I mean it. Oh yeah. Please go to my website and buy some stickers. I've actually had to go buy more stamps because you guys have been buying stickers. I love you. Bye. Okay, guys, we are joined with a very special guest. Like I'm honestly like very nervous if you can't tell in my voice. We have a, a real comedian here with us today. Can you introduce yourself, Andrew?
1: Sure. Thank you. I don't think I've, I've ever been introduced as a real comedian. Uh, that feels really nice. I hope my parents listen to this. Uh, <laughs> I'm Andrew Stanley, stand-up comedian, Atlanta, Georgia.
0: It's just real because, like, I'm like I call myself one, but I'm like not real, you know. Like, I just am in my head, and you're actually doing it. That's why you're the real one. <laughs> you, you know. So
1: I don't have another job. <laughs>
0: and that's what we're going to get into that but i'm really excited cuz i had no idea so clearly this is kind of full circle and i don't know if it's like weird but when i left church and came back i started listening to podcasts which is why i kind of started one and one of them was like a charles stanley podcast there was like 30 30- He has a podcast? He had a po- it was like on the radio and they made it you know whoever I don't think
1: he knows about it if he has a podcast.
0: <laughs> it was when i was first learning about jesus and he like knows a lot so um And now I, then I went to my first ever live show and saw you, you were the last one, you were hilarious. And then I like looked you up on the internet because you made a joke about your story and uh, (laughs) and now you're here and like, I'm just shook. Like it's a very full circle. Like, thank you for being here.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. I told you before this started, I've never been more available. So now it's time to ask me to do stuff. If you're listening to this, I'll do, I'll show up for anything these days.
0: Nothing's off. Awesome. I would have shown
1: up for this no matter what, but I'm just saying for other people. <laughs> my priority.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, so I kind of just want to know everything about you. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right.
0: How did you get started in comedy? Because you know, you're in this family of pastors, and um comedy, I think honestly, is a ministry because a lot of people need <laughs> to laugh um so how did you get started you come from this family of like pastors and speakers and communicators so how did you kind of transition into comedy
1: sure yeah uh, yeah granddad and dad are both preachers here in Atlanta and you know I was always asked growing up so are you gonna follow in the family business and I was always like yeah no uh because I was never interested in public speaking you know school projects I would do extra work so I wouldn't have to present the thing um so I was never interested in being on stage or anything like that um so went and got a finance degree I was like that'll keep me off the spotlight um and did that for about three years but about a year a year into that I was um I felt like I was funny. I felt like I was funny to my close friends. I was never brave enough to be be the class clown or anything like that, but I think I was funny to my close friends. And I I thought that the kind of jokes I could think of were the kind of jokes I'd want to hear. Uh, So I was like, other people might like that. Um, But I should go back and probably say my first experience kind of being funny on stage was my senior year of college. I was in a fraternity. And at the end of the four years, you know we do a thing called senior speeches where all the seniors could get up in front of the 100 people or whatever and just leave some parting words whatever whether it was serious or funny or giving away your couch you don't need anymore just kind of the stage is open for the seniors to say whatever they want so I decided it'd be fun to write just senior superlatives for all the people that were graduating and just very just very dumb yeah very dumb silly stuff and and it was great. The response was amazing. I got tons of laughs and I, you know, it was my first time being on stage where I like didn't want to get off stage. And so I was like, okay, that was fun. That was a very inside crowd. I mean, I had it was all inside jokes. It's kind of the easiest first experience. But so then fast forward a few years, I'm in my finance job and I think I'm funny and I don't know what to do about it, um, <laughs> which is a frustrating place to be as an introvert. It's like, you know, we're not usually the best advocates for ourselves. Um, so I was talking to my dad about it, and he was like, Um, we're kind of family friends with Jeff Foxworthy a little bit. Like we went on a mission trip when I was twelve. So I've been to Kenya with Jeff Foxworthy, so we have a little bit of a connection. Um and my dad was like, Why don't you reach out to Jeff and just ask him? He knows that world. And I was like, Foxworthy? Uh can I just reach out to him? I don't know. And he's like, Yeah. Uh, so I yeah. So I ended ended up having lunch with Jeff. Uh, he's, the, he's the nicest man in the world, if you don't know. He's incredible. We went to California Pizza Kitchen uh, and I had to take about a thousand pictures of him and the people that would come up asking for pictures. And he took pictures with everybody. Nicest guy. Um, but basically, by the end of that conversation, he was like, I was telling him I want to do comedy writing. I think I want to write for a TV show. Um, and he was like, OK, cool. Well, I have a guy that when I'm doing projects or, you know, working on game shows and stuff, he's one of my writers. I usually to come up with little jokes for like game shows and that kind of stuff. Um, and he helps sometimes. So, and he's always my guy. I bounce my act off of if I if I'm like, is this funny? Yeah. Um, so he gives me this guy's email address. I email him. His name's Scott in Nashville and Scott emails me back and he says, Hey, Andrew, great to hear from you. I would love to help. Um, I want you first thing I want you to do is write five minutes of jokes and then go perform them at a stand up comedy open mic. And I said, oh, no, thanks. I will find someone else to help me. I'm not trying to do that at all. Um, But he was so helpful. He was so encouraging. And he was like, no, we'll just send them to me and I'll help you. And we'll make sure you're not going to go up there with an empty chamber. You know, we're going to make sure you have some jokes. And, uh, so back and emailed back and forth with him for a few months and he was helping me understand why, you know, Hey, that's funny, but you need to switch the order of that. Or, Hey, maybe actually, I don't think people are going to relate to that. Or, Oh, actually the funniest part of this is the thing you say at the beginning, you need to move that. And so he just helped me think through a lot of things that usually take a long time to learn if you don't have someone helping you. And, um, I went and did the open mic at the laughing skull lounge and I don't remember it. I kind of blacked out, uh, (laughs) there's a video of it floating out there somewhere on one of my friend's iphones probably um but i remember feeling like my jokes were good but my performance was bad i was getting things mixed up and i was jumping around and so i was like all right i gotta do it again because i feel like i gotta at least do justice to these jokes i worked so hard on so i kind of kept having that same thing happen where i was like i think that i can make those jokes get a better you know so i just kept going back every few weeks and doing it and then Eventually, you meet people, other comedians, and you think, all of a sudden you're getting invited to go to other open mics. And next thing you know, you're kind of in this little community. And um, I never stopped. So it's been, a, it was going really well until about uh, eight months ago.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, how long, like, when did you start that process? Like, how many years ago was that, would you say?
1: Yeah, so my first open mic was July of 2016. Wow. So four and a half years, pretty much.
0: Wow. No, yeah. that, that's awesome. And and it's just kind of like seeing that to, the, to like what I saw you do lo- like live.
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> pretty crazy because it was really good. Like it literally was hel- like I was dying. And it's probably because I can re- like a relate to a lot of like what you were saying. But <laughs> for me, like one of my hardest things was like, I know I can make my friends laugh. I know like my my friends are, and my family are kind of like the people that I make fun of the most, you know? And so it's like, I know that I can make those people laugh, but it's like getting up in front of strangers that like, don't know you or relate really to like your life experiences and like making them laugh. It's, it's really, I don't think people realize like how vulnerable that like makes you. (laughs)
1: it's lonely up there if what you're saying is not working too it's a yeah it's a lot and it, the first step is to be able to make your friends and family laugh because if they don't think you're funny you're probably not funny you know <laughs> if the people that you're the most open with and most willing to tell a joke to aren't feeling it unless you just have crazy friends and family then it's probably not gonna work so that's always the first indicator is if your friends and family think you're funny then the the next step is to convince some strangers that you're funny and that's where stand-up comes in
0: for sure and it's um for me i guess and like a lot of people that listen to this are churchy people and you're a churchy person you know you grew up in that churchy. (laughs)
1: yeah we had we have to come up with something other than evangelical because that (laughs) that became way political
0: that's you know it's 2020 we got to reframe the words it's churchy
1: uh but yeah, in, in 2024, CNN's going to be like, and you know, he's got the churchy vote. <laughs> <laughs> the churchy vote's always going going red.
0: Those churchy people.
1: Those, um, those, those extreme churchy people.
0: But um, for me, at least, like, again, a lot of people that listen to this, we are, you know, those Christian people. But I think... Um, for me I always related more to like not those kind of people and um, so I was all but I'm always concerned like going to these public places and like say, like tr- trying to open them up and like I like how you subtly bring it in you know I'm sure when you do a church event it's it's different for the church versus what you're doing there um but it's kind of like do you have it, do you find it hard when you're in those not church environments because that is like a big part of like who you are and how you were raised like how do you navigate that
1: yeah I think it was I think I had to kind of learn how to navigate it Um part of it was because I grew up in Alpharetta Georgia you know pretty rich suburb of Atlanta and was around pretty much all straight white Christian male you know all my friends were just like We were all the same you know and then i go to i went to auburn where everybody's kind of the same thing everybody it's a default to saying you're a christian and um and then i got into this atlanta comedy scene where all of a sudden all my friends are all from all different backgrounds and all different beliefs and all different you know everybody's included and it's it helped me grow as a person a lot um i definitely was it was a little jarring to be sitting in the open mic, waiting to go 18th and listen to 12 people talk about, you know, this very, you know, ex- explicit stuff that I hadn't really been exposed to very much, uh, and so it definitely took me a while to get used to that. And for better or for worse, I'm totally desensitized now. Eh? That stuff does not phase me anymore. It's probably <laughs> it's probably good and bad, um, but I kind of uh, I joke about it when I do church events and. Um, I always say I'm I'm kind of I'm an edge I'm a clean club comedian, but I'm an edgy church comedian. And when I go uh, when I go to shows at churches, I'll and I say a joke that might get like half the people laughing, half the people worried. I'll say, uh, "Well, you know, it's a great." You know, sometimes I get in trouble at churches, but um, you know, when I'm not in churches, I'm in the comedy club. Sometimes there, I'm the only clean comedian on the lineup. I try to be a light in a dark place, and then I can come to your church and be the darkness in a light place. Uh, so I feel like I try to bring the, you know, each to the other. Um, and I try to write jokes that'll work in both places. And, and I I really try not to change too much. Um, if it's a church show or a club show or, you know, at a brewery or something like that, I, I can tell almost every joke. I might change them a little, but if I'm changing them, I'm hoping it's just because, you know, at the club, I might have to explain a little bit more about mission trips they might not automatically know all the stuff i'm assuming that a church audience already knows so you might have to make sure you're taking care of them understanding enough to to enjoy the joke but but yeah i mean it is a lot of uh you know especially when you're when i'm in atlanta doing spots it's just a lot of hanging out and 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 i'll say this too it's it's funny after church shows or even after a a show like the one you saw, sometimes people will come up to me and be like, oh, we really appreciate you being clean. Um, you know, we just really, you know, we don't we don't really like those those dirty comedians. And then I just have to be like, well, those are my best friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so <laughs> don't be like trying to get me on a side with you because I'll side with them <laughs> every day because comedian is kind of the tribe.
0: <laughs> it, it is. And I think that sometimes the more that I've like looked into all this stuff and like tried to like learning how to teach, like do all this stuff. It's really, I was actually watching something last night and it's like, if you don't ever, if you don't ever cross the line, how do you know where the line is? And, um, yeah. and some sometimes it's like, sometimes like I might not necessarily like agree with whatever they say, but I see, I see for like, it is an art form, I think, because I think you're, you're just communicating something. I don't know. It's just weird to explain. And, and I think it's hard for people to, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say.
1: No, it is. It's every, I think it comes <laughs> down to authenticity. I think if the comedian on stage is being who they are, no matter who they are, then it's going to be the funniest version of them. And if somebody's up there who's not, you know, not naturally clean, but they're trying to be clean – at like a corporate event or something you can kind of feel that you can feel that oh this isn't really i don't think this is really them or and some some people are so good at it you probably couldn't tell but uh and then if there's if, if there's a church comedian that's on a club lineup that's trying to cuss to fit in because they think that's what the crowd wants the crowd's also going to be like that doesn't really seem like him yeah uh, but if you're being if you're being who you are on stage no matter who that is that's always going to be what works the best and i think that's when it kind of makes it feel a little more like art and makes it feel vulnerable because you're saying hey this is who I am this is who I am right now so you can take it or leave it
0: do you think it's hard for you to like put your authentic self out there and be vulnerable like that especially like coming from a family that you know you know church world and how it is like it's it's a lot and it's pastors and it's missions trips and it's big, it's large amounts of people. It's big groups. It's all that. So do you ever find it, you know, hard to be who you are and not like feel feel like you have to <laughs> fill the shoes of other people that came before you?
1: Yeah. I think I've slowly gotten over that a little bit. I think it's, it's kind of, Growing up, I think I was always, you know, I, and I still do want to represent my family well because they've built some really cool stuff That's and doing, they're doing great things. And the last thing I'd ever want to do is undermine that by some dumb joke, I say. Um, but I think it, if you live that way, trying to represent other people, then that you get exhausted of that. And I think people get burnt out trying to protect, you know, something that's not their identity. But I think if I can get myself to a place where what I'm saying represents what I think I should say and where I think my line should be. It's more about getting my line to a place where I think it's right. I think I I don't want to, if I, if I'm setting my own standards, then it's so much less exhausting to just live up to your standards. But to do that effectively, you have to get your standards to a place where they're also (laughs) not going to ruin relationships. So I don't know if that was a good answer, but, I, uh, I've i just kind of gotten to where if I'm okay with saying it, then I'm going to be okay with saying it. And obviously I'm not going to say, make some crazy joke about my grandfather that's going to just cause problems. But uh,
0: <laughs> No, that's good.
1: Yeah. It's- I'm, I'm always being careful, but I'm also not going to be untrue to myself.
0: No, it's that's good. And it's a balancing act. So how has COVID like, change things for you because you were, you know, going out, doing shows, doing church stuff, corporate stuff. Like how is, how has this all affected you?
1: Yeah, yeah. a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm doing, I am crumbling over here. Uh, I, um, I mean, it was, what was it? March. It was March. I was in, I was in Dallas at a home school convention performing, <laughs> uh, yeah, had had seven of those lined up for last year, and this was the first one. So I missed out on the other six homeschool conventions. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully 2021, we'll rebook some of those. You could,
0: really inspire, you could really inspire those homeschool kids.
1: Well, it's mostly parents, which are usually the real problem. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, but it was funny because it was when all the news was coming out that, hey, this virus is pretty serious. People are it seems to be getting into the United States. And it was the night where everything was shutting down. And the conference was over several nights, but I was like the Friday night. And uh, and so I was kind of texting with the lady all day. I was like, hey, we're we still on. She was like, we're we're deciding still. And, and then they were like, all right, we're still doing it. And I was like, OK. Um, so I go and then I, I get there for the sound check, and they're like, so where do you want to do your meet and greet? And I was like, I don't think we're doing a (laughs) meet-and-greet with the pandemic. I don't really want to shake everybody's hand right now. Um, So, But we did that show, and then I got back to my hotel, and I was supposed to fly to Denver the next day for a show. And then they called and like, hey, uh, we're going to cancel the show. So I changed my flight to go home. And then for that whole month, it was just email after email. of, Hey, show's canceled. Hey, we're postponing. Hey, what's the deal with that security deposit we put down? Uh, <laughs> um. And so, pretty much everything getting canceled or postponed, and then slowly virtual gigs started picking up, and then you know some outdoor shows started coming back, and now we're back to where we're doing some indoor stuff, a lot less. Um, I'm actually um, flying for one of the first times to a show tomorrow, um, but I think it's going to be outside. Um. And, uh, but yeah, but I have really enjoyed the virtual, the virtual stuff and it's, I've been doing a lot of like corporate, uh, virtual meetings where I come into like, they're like later today, I have one where it's like, they're nor- normally, they would rent out a big venue and have a big award show for the company, but instead it's a zoom meeting this year. <laughs> so they're having me come in and do 30 minutes of stand up, And it's, uh, how it's is- been fun to learn how to do that. Cause it's like a different thing.
0: Exactly. Like I'm about like, at least when you're in front of people, you can hear them laughing on zoom. Everyone's muted. You don't know if it like, how is that? What?
1: Yeah. It's hor It's horrible sounding, isn't it? Uh, it's uh and when they first started popping up, it was, you know, it was just a lot of comedians saying, Hey, I'm creating this link and we're going to have some comedians and we'll see what happens. And, and those were fraught with disaster Uh, but also fun. And you, every time you would do one, you would learn, okay, we shouldn't do that again, but we should do that. And so now it's kind of gotten to where people kind of, we kind of know what the rules should be for it. So like what I tell people when they want to hire me for one of these, like today, I'm like, all right, how many people do you have? And they're like, all right, we have 120 people that are probably going to be on. Okay. Uh, let's choose eight of them to be unmuted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, because you, first of all, like you said, you don't want everyone to be muted because then it's just like you're kind of just ranting and it feels like you're on you're a radio host without a co-host and you're just kind of just talking into the void. And that's not very fun for me, at least. And they might be laughing, but it's, it's kind of weird for them too because they don't hear anyone else laughing. So they're like, am I being crazy? Um, but you also don't want all 120 people unmuted because then you got... The dogs and the car alarms and all the, you know, I don't have everyone listening to this has been on plenty of Zoom calls to know the things that can go wrong. Or even the worst thing is somebody has like a huge delay. So you tell a joke and then it can, you start the next joke and then you're hearing the laugh for the joke you finished 30 seconds ago. So I always tell the organizer, hey, let's pick. You can make it a reward for something and say, hey, you get to be one of our featured audience members. Or, or maybe if you just want to pick the eight people in the company you think would be the best um and and then I always like to say hey let's keep the chat open if you have any thoughts or want to ask I, a question just put it in there it's great I I love that that's my favorite part of the zoom show because it's like people are heckling you but you get to choose which ones to interact with and they're not distracting um so there's there's I think it I like it in that you can interact with more ease more more easy more easier uh it's just easier to interact um so it's kind of choosing where the winds are in this format and changing your timing to where it's not going to be a say the punchline, line you gonna pause for a few seconds it's kind of you get in a different rhythm but the more you do it just like anything the more you get comfortable
0: i feel like that's a whole nother level of confidence to do zoom comedy genuinely <laughs> i do i feel like that's like good for you but from from a mental state like as far as you were you know you started this comedy stuff you're getting going you're touring you have all these things booked like that's everyone that starts to do comedy that's like what they wanted to do um and so you're you have that and then the whole world shuts down like did that affect you mentally like were you sad or depressed or anything uh
1: yeah i actually moved back home with my parents for a few months um because my place that I lived, I was living with two other guys and we just shared, we just had one bathroom. Um, And which was great when I was traveling, you know, half of the month and both of them had a regular job. So by the time I woke up in the morning, they were gone. And so it was never a problem. But then all of a sudden, all three of us are just like sitting in the living room all day, every day. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to move back with my parents where there's like five bedrooms and bathroom and a gym and (laughs) all. So I moved home with them and it was honestly great. I had so much fun with them. Um, My mom was just like a month into it. She was like, I know this virus, this whole pandemic is awful and I would never choose for it to happen. But when would we have ever gotten to spend this much time together again in our whole lives? Probably. And I was like, that's true. That's good. So it was was very nice to kind of go back and spend some time with them and um and honestly my girlfriend too she um has just finished law school so our whole time we've been dating I've been traveling a ton and she's been super busy with school and so all of a sudden I'm home and she's doing classes online and so we got to spend so much more time together than we ever ever would have this year um so trying to look at the positives um more quality I'm I'm, I'm sick and tired of all this quality time though if I'm being honest, I've got, I'm filled up with it. It's done. I'm ready to get back out there. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a time where I was like, is this job, just not even going to be a thing anymore. Like, I don't know when are we going to be able to gather enough to have people like, is my career no longer a career? (laughs) Like I don't, so there's a lot of uncertainty there and it was just kind of putting a lot of faith in like, hopefully, hopefully we can get back to some semblance of normality and hopefully it's before I, my bank account is at zero. Um, but thankfully, you know, things have been picking back up. The virtual stuff has been great. And um, like I said, starting to get to travel a little bit more now and just being careful with what I say yes to. But, um, yeah, I feel like I'm in an okay place.
0: <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad. it's it's be- I think it's good to keep – I mean, realize that it was there, but then also like, look at the positives, like the time that you got with all of your family and all that, that is, that's amazing. And um, I look forward to like seeing more stuff live. Do you have anything else like going on that you can like anything in Atlanta or where can people like find stuff? Mm-hmm. doing?
1: Yeah. So I keep my uh, calendar on my website, which is Andrew Stanley com. You can see all my canceled shows, uh, but also the ones that I'm putting on there. I think my, I don't have a ton of Atlanta stuff coming up. I was in Lawrenceville last night. Um, I do have November 19th. I'll be at the ASW Whiskey Exchange, which will be a fun one. Um, it'll be similar to that Sweetwater show you came to, probably.
0: No, it was so good. And I literally, I like, I almost left. And then they were like, the final person. And I'm so glad. Was <laughs> so funny. And it was like, because it was like normal, clean. And then you would talk like the Christian aspect of it all. And I was like, oh, my God.
1: Well, I think I picked up a lot of that just from being home with my parents for three months. I was like, eh, maybe I should start talking about what my family does for a living. Uh, I- but thank you for not leaving, I should say. <laughs> Go on. It's always kind of a little bit of a of a, an honor to get to get asked to go last on the show, because some, some shows it doesn't matter, but Joe usually, he'll be like, hey, I'll let you do like five extra minutes if you go last. <laughs> like, I would love to. But then you're like, "Also, oh, so I hope everybody stays.
0: Well, no, that was literally the first thing I'd ever seen live, and I didn't know how it worked, and it was like, like I don't know. I was just in the back, soaking it all up like a sponge. It was exactly what I needed. So I think it's great and i like we'll come again and so absolutely and- yeah hope
1: so yeah i've been try to post stuff about about shows on my instagram and on uh, and on the website so if any any listeners are interested that's where you can find stuff i've been uh, i've been at the beginning of all my shows going hey i posted about this on my instagram story anybody here from because of that and no one has been so far so <laughs>
0: I know that's what made me laugh so hard. I was like, oh my god, this guy's funny. <laughs> that was like the first thing you said. I remember it. Okay. The silent
1: uh, yeah. I don't know if the joke works if people are like, yeah, we are slow. I'm like, oh and people
0: don't know what Instagram is. It's weird. It's, I don't know.
1: The youth. The youth are just on the TikTok. I gotta get on that.
0: The reels actually, some social media friends have said that reels, you should do that because Instagram, they're trying to steal everyone from TikTok, you know. So they'll push out your reels.
1: Instagram just steals the best part of the other. Like they stole the stories from Snapchat and now the reels from TikTok.
0: But it seems to work because Instagram is the longest one we've been on, you know? What yeah. are, like this is just a selfish question and then we'll end because I'm sorry. Like you have a you have a life and I have a job. Yeah.
1: I used to have a life. I could do this all day. <laughs> all I have to do today is go try to hit golf balls straight for 30 minutes. <laughs> well,
0: that's hard. Um who are some of your like favorite comedians like and especially now with quarantine and everything? Who who do you like?
1: Yeah, great time to be watching some stand-up comedy. Uh, plenty of plenty of time. Um man, this is always a hard question because I feel like it's always I always have like a new favorite comedian. Um I love to watch um Nate Bargatze. I really like especially if you like clean he's uh he's you know one of the funniest clean comedians but one of the funniest just comedians ever uh he's great i actually got to be on a show with him a few weeks ago which was really fun in nashville um yeah definitely check him out uh love john mulaney love obviously dave chappelle is and bill burr are incredible um i think rory scovel is like the most fun comedian to watch he's he's our his style could not be more different from mine but it is like the most impressive. He did a thing in Atlanta a few years ago at the relapse theater where he said he scheduled like a week of shows, like a show every night. And his premise was, I'm going to start this week with no material and I'm going to build stuff up throughout the week. And then the last night will be all the stuff like from the interactions I've had with the crowd throughout the week. He's just like, this is a prolific, you know, improv and stand up together. Yeah. People like that always just amaze me to watch. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else I want to Have you ever
0: of, um, have you ever heard of Rami? I don't think so. He is um he was one of the like I found him in the quarantine and he was yeah. one of the things that like made me want to start writing jokes again cuz like after Valentine's Day I was like mm. but he yeah. he's like Muslim and he did a special
1: um, oh, I did see like,
0: that about like how and he incorporated like his like into his stand-up about how it like was so much important to him
1: was it HBO or Amazon
0: it was HBO I got and it was
1: on, like a hall like a big hall
0: yeah yeah, yeah, yeah
1: yeah I did see that he was great yeah
0: and he like got a show he wrote a show based off like his special and all that and it was so yep. good I just liked how he brought like his religion into it and I was like well if he can do it and then I, and then you know so I don't know <laughs> Well, one
1: thing that I've always tried to be careful about is, um, if you really care about something, don't write a joke about it in your first year, (laughs) because all the jokes you write in your first year, you usually won't like them later. So like, I tried to be really, even looking back, I think every comedian makes this mistake is like, Oh Maybe I I really need to learn how to do this before I talk about something I care about. Because the last thing I want to do is talk about something I care about poorly. Um, There's definitely ways to still write jokes and make fun of the church without taking any big swings, you know? Yeah. But that's something I've always tried to be careful about. Is like, hey, maybe I should, maybe there's there's very much a thing where I'll tell myself, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough of a comedian to tell that joke yet. And then keep it in the notebook. Yeah. Day. maybe when i when i get a little better at this then i can tackle that subject or and it's not that you should and if you got an open mic try whatever you want but i'm always i'm always one of the advice pieces of advice i like to give new comedians is you know kind of pace yourself and tackle the big issues cuz cuz there's nothing worse than hearing I, and i've never heard you do stand up i'm assuming you're probably better than most new comedians but hearing somebody that's not good at stand-up talk about something that they really care about. It just, it's never fun.
0: (laughs) No, no. I just don't. The, the, something I've noticed too is like when you say, when you even talk to someone new, that's like not churchy or at at all, it's like, they look at, they just, the, you can feel the air get sucked out of the room and it's like chill. I like, I I can see the thing like, the things like why you would suck the air out of the room like why you don't like me uh, because of like what i represent you know what you think i represent you yeah. know so that's just something that like i really appreciate that like keeping in my mind but like i just like the i don't know i like that i like that advice you
1: should do whatever you feel but that is uh, that is something that i'm always like oh man maybe i shouldn't have maybe i shouldn't have tackled global warming in my first 5 minutes maybe no. I wasn't funny enough to be talking about that well yet
0: for sure but it's always good to like look at those specials and see like how much like because you like just knowing now like even a little bit like how much work went into like one of those hour-long things it's just crazy and how many like years of work and stuff goes into something like that people don't really
1: yeah, and every comedian's different some of the people you watch it'll take them four years to build their hour and then what we see a lot now is people get so popular, there's all this demand for their next thing. And you see them cranking it out in a year and pumping one out every year. And it's, it's, it's interesting to watch a special and then go back and see how long ago their last special was. And then, and then in your own mind kind of say, okay, did they do it? Did they work on it long enough? Uh, that's, that's a fun thing to do watching comedy is watch the special, go back and see how long ago their last one was.
0: It's pretty good. That's how long
1: they've been working on it.
0: That's pretty good. I'm sorry that I just took up like uh that chunk of time, but I don't know. I like to
1: I should- apologize. I was a few minutes late and I will tell you this last thing. I was late because my my girlfriend lives about 15 20 minutes away from me and she called me this morning at 9:30. We're recording this at 11 for those of you listening. Uh she called me at 9:30 and said, "Um I'm t- cleaning out my laundry room and there's a cockroach and I need you to come get it." And I said, I'm 20 minutes away. And she's like, yeah, but I, you just, I, I, I have that podcast at 11. She's like, I need you. I Sorry, you just have to. <laughs> and so I went over there. I took apart her whole laundry room, looking in every little box and unraveling every towel and making sure it's not in there. Uh, so I'm like, all right, I got to go. I'm sorry. And she's like, OK, maybe it's gone. And then I get about five minutes away and she calls me back. It's back. It's back. And so I had to talk her through killing the cockroach. Um, and I think she's traumatized, but I'm very proud of her. Uh, but that is why I'm, I was a little late. So I apologize.
0: No, you're fine. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I apologize for just like asking your whole life story and just like stealing like your thoughts, not your thoughts, but not stealing your thoughts.
1: Are you, are you gonna steal, are you, am I still going to have these thoughts after you take them? <laughs> no, yeah, I'm. I think that's how I'm, podcasts work. You're just harvesting people's thoughts. Basically. Yeah.
0: Um, but I, that's very, it's very hard to kill cockroaches. And honestly, the fact that you went over there to all the women listening to this, wait for a man that will go get a cockroach 20 minutes away.
1: Well, she was trying to get me to come back the second time. And I was like, I'm not going to come back, but I will talk you through what to do.
0: But killing cockroaches, cock, I, I respect her. I understand that it's
1: very hard. The the, the, the trick, I think if you're, if you're a, a cockroach averse person, uh, it was in one of her little containers. And so I said, all right, grab the container, take it out into the hall of the apartment complex, and then dump it out. And then it'll just scurry into somebody else's unit. So, but I think she, that was the plan, but then she also stepped on it. So, but worst case scenario, it's at least it's out of your apartment.
0: They come back like seven times. Like you, you it's just, they, they never die, even if you kill them. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time.
1: Yeah, that's a great note to end on. <laughs> Just a little cockroach advice here at the end.
0: They're my biggest fear. Like you don't understand.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad that uh, Anna's not alone in that biggest fear.
0: No, she's not. Well, um, I thank thank you again. I really appreciate this. Um, anything Absolutely.
1: else? Thank you for having me on. I, I always love doing stuff like this, so I appreciate. You thinking I was funny enough to be a podcast guest? I hope it's not a huge disappointment. I hope that this doesn't get you taken off iTunes or anything. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks.
0: I'm going to end this. <laughs> okay.